Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. How's everybody doing today? Hey, can I ask y'all to stand up? Can I ask y'all to stand up? It is so good. We want to welcome all our campuses and all the people watching online. Let's give all, let's say happy, Merry Christmas everybody watching online. Merry Christmas to y'all. How many of y'all are here as visitors uh, for somebody? Your visitors here. Just raise your hand really high. Let's give the hand to all the visitors. God bless y'all. And if you came from out of town where it is two degrees or three degrees, congratulations that you made it. Number two, number two, this is normal. This is normal San Diego. I'm from New York, so I've been here 40, 40 years this year, and I'm still waiting for winter to come, and it never comes. And so it is going to be 80 tomorrow that I heard. Uh, is that true? Yikes. 80 to, um, have you all heard about the gas sor- shortage? Uh, okay. Um, uh, you need to get gas tonight. Supposedly gasoline's running out for a few days in San Diego. This is the truth. And look on the internet, and it is kind of wild. And so fill up your cars when you leave, okay? Okay, now you're tripping, okay? <laughs> for a few days, supposedly. And so let's pray for that. Let's pray for that. Amen? Um, are, you, are you all ready for a message? Ready for Christmas? Uh, Pastor Travis asked if you, um, how many do gifts tonight or tomorrow? I thought he meant how many of y'all are going to rap tonight or rap tomorrow? <laughs> And all y'all raise your hand like you're going to rap tomorrow. I, I thought that's what he's going because I got to still wrap my gifts. He'll probably do it in the morning when I wake up. Oh. So, Lord, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you for your goodness. I pray you bless us and encourage us today um, and with this message. And I pray you challenge us. Lord, I pray for the people who haven't been to church since last Christmas or last Easter. I pray that today is the first day of a new season for them. And not only coming to church, but sitting at your feet, hearing your word, being challenged by the spirit. Our world is in desperate situation. And we need God. So I pray that you would ignite a fire in people's hearts. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, eyes closed, heads bowed. Everyone say eyes closed. Say heads bowed. If you're that person that, you know, you've, been, you've drifted away from God and you haven't been, not only in church, but you just haven't been in God and in fellowship with people who believe in God, in the counsel of God, and you want to come back and establish more intimacy with God. Eyes closed, head bowed. Just raise your hand really high and I can see you. Pray for you. Raise your hand really high, really high, really high. Wave it so I can see it. Wave it, wave it, wave it. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Okay, you go put your hands down. Lord, I just pray for those people. I pray you encourage them. Thank you for them being honest. And I thank you for the ones who didn't raise their hand, but they know it's them. You love them. You want to encourage them. I pray you do that tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give those people a big hand. Come on, church. Give a high five to someone next to you. Give a high five to someone next to you. And have a seat, please. Turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. We are going to 
make this brief because of the children's in the house. And we have uh, uh, snow out back in churros, so please go out and enjoy that. Uh, when, when I was um, probably one of the first visions and dreams that I had as a kid, uh, before even to play football, was to drive a car. Y'all remember y'all being little wanting to drive a car? Can I get amen? amen? Okay. It's like you're, you're free, you get to leave the house and go places. And I would watch my parents drive, obviously, and all the other people in the community drive. But probably one of the first driving lessons that I learned was what a green light meant and what a red light meant. Red light means, it's not a trick question at all. Uh, it's not a trick question. Red light, it's a, it's a, it's a four-letter word, it starts with an S. Red light means? Stop. Green light means? Stop. Red light means? Stop. Green light means? Stop. When it comes to God wanting access into your life, some of you are red light people. Stop. You let God come this far, this close, this close, but you don't want him in all your business. Like God can be in your business maybe on Sunday morning, but not Friday night. God could be in your language when you're in front of uh, uh, people from the church, but not all the time. God can be involved in some of the things you eat, but maybe not all the things you eat. So some of y'all are red light people to God, and then some of y'all are green light people. God, have your way with me. Everyone say, have your way with me, God. If you declare with words, and not just thinking it in your head, because it's different than when you say it than when you think it. If you declare with words, God, have your way with my life, and you repeatedly tell him that, things will happen in your life. But if you think about it, it's like a consideration. Um, we're going to read a story about Mary and Joseph. They're, gonna, uh, they're in uh, Nazareth. They're going to get called to go to Bethlehem by the Roman government be because of a census, because of taxes. And they're going to have to walk 80 miles to go to Bethlehem. And when they get to Bethlehem, Mary's going to have a baby. And when she's going to have a baby, she needs a place to go. And she's going to go to the inn, and the inn's going to be red light. No, you're not welcome here. And the manger's going to be green light. You can come in here. So my message is called, the title of my message today is Be the Manger. Everyone say, Be the Manger. Be the Manger. Be the green light welcoming place that the Savior can be born and birth his vision in your life today. Not the end that says, I got too much going on in my life for you. I got too many things in my heart, too many things in my mind. So you're not welcome here. Go down the street. My encouragement to you is that you would be the manger and say, God, you can come here. Can I get an Amen. Lord, I pray one more time that we would be the manger, that you would sink that in our heart and our mind and that you would challenge us where we are at with you right now. Because you want in. You want access. You want permission. You will not force yourself on us. So we ask that you would give us courage and faith to be the manger. Luke chapter 2 verse 1. It says, it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census took place while Kyrenius was governing Syria. So all went out to be registered, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. He went there to be registered with Mary, his betrothed or engaged wife, who was with child. She was pregnant. So it was while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered 40 weeks or nine months. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Everyone say there was no room for them in the inn. Say there was no room for them in the inn. One more time, say there was no room for them in the inn. 
therefore I need to encourage you to be the manger. That you would be the manger and say, there is room in my heart for you. I welcome you into my heart to be the Savior. Imagine God coming to San Diego saying, I need, well, God, Mary coming to San Diego, she's praying, I need, I need to give birth to the Savior. And knocking on your door at your house and say, can we borrow one of your rooms so the Savior can be born? And you got the audacity to say, now nah, go down the street. I want that blessing. Can I get amen? Oh, do y'all want that blessing? <laughs> okay, let me say it again. <laughs> I'll say it really slow because I know I talk fast. I'm from New York. Imagine. You're, thank you. Am I talking too fast? Okay. Imagine you're sitting home watching Yellowstone. <laughs> Beth is going crazy. <laughs> you hear a knock on the door, and it's Mary, Joseph and Mary, and Mary's pregnant. And Mary says, I'm going to give birth to the Savior of the world. Can I borrow one of your rooms? And you say, No. Have the Savior down the street. I want that blessing in my house. Can I get amen? amen. Do you want that blessing in your life? Can I get amen? amen? Thank you very much. Sorry I didn't explain that a little clearly. Luke chapter 2 verse 8 says, There were in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over the flock at night. And behold, the angels of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. The angel said to them, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. We are not talking about some little baby being born. We're talking about the Savior who would grow up, live 33 years, 33 years, minister, perform miracles, walk on water, raise the dead, heal the blind, the deaf, the mute, the cripple, cast out demons, die and pay for your sin and mine. The Bible says he who had no sin became sin for us, died and rose from the dead, and then he's offering salvation to you. Do you want to be the manger? Now, he's not going to force you. And here's the thing about God. He will not force himself on you. You can actually say no to God. As a matter of fact, some of our lives are jacked up because we have said no to God, and God says, then I for I will allow you to destroy your life, but whenever you feel time ready, I will accept you. That hopefully today is that day that you would say, God, I want to be the manger. I've been the end, the red light end, saying not now, not now, not now, because I got too much stuff going on in my heart. There's no room for you in my life. I got my dreams, I got my aspirations, I got, I got all, all, all my, my honeys in the hot tub that I'm trying to get with. I got all that stuff going on. Yes, I said honeys in the hot tub. I got all that stuff going on in my life. <laughs> yeah. Listen, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Um, when people come to church, one of the things about when people say there's hypocrites in church, that's because your perception is that the people coming to church think they're perfect. <laughs> We're not. And so we know there's a whole bunch of stuff going on in the room. So we want to speak to that stuff. So the devil's going to try to get you full of all these ideas and things that you want to do to fill your heart. And you think that when God comes, he's going to take all your fun away. God actually replaces all the fun you got to look over your shoulder about. All the fun you got to hide from to give you fun that's actually clean and healthy and peaceable. Give you wisdom that's peaceable. Give you clarity in your purpose. But what happens is when God, when God gets presented to you, whether from a sermon or someone sharing with you at work, and you go, ah, 
I'm already got stuff going on. You're the end. I'm full. All my rooms, all my, my space in my heart is actually occupied with all these other things. So God, not yet. Be the manger. Clean all that out. And by the way, you don't have to clean it out. You just have to invite God in and he'll take care of the rest. When I was a um, kid, we, before we bought our first dishwasher, we were the dishwashers. How many of y'all were the dishwashers growing up? Amen. And then you got a dishwasher. How many of y'all check, 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 track me with this? You're washing dishes. You know, you, 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 you wash, you dry, you put it away. You wash, you dry, put it. Can I get an amen? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so, so that's how we grew up. And then we got a dishwasher. And then when you got the dishwasher, you still had to wash the dish and put it in, but you couldn't put chunks of meat in there. You had to wash the dish. I'm like, well, why do I have a dishwasher if I have to wash it before I put it in the dishwasher? That mentality has crept into our relationship with God. You think you've got to clean yourself up to come to God. No, you don't. Bring all your junk. You don't got to do anything except confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. That's all you got to do. But you're like, what about this? What about this? He, he wants all of that. He wants you to bring all your junk to him. Not only is he your savior, he is your spiritual food. Check this out. The trough was where they put the food for the animals. Jesus was not born in a bed where a baby would be born. He was born in a trough where food would be. The Bible says he is the bread of life. He is our spiritual food. He was born to be, that, that he would feed us spiritually, nourish us spiritually, fill us up spiritually. So we read his word and we obey his word and we memorize his word. He is our spiritual food. So you have to be the manger and say, Lord, I want you to be my food. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, he said, my food is to do the will of my Father in heaven. Your food, my food, what sustains your life, what gives you strength, what will keep you nourished is God's word. And so be the manger and welcome the Savior into your life. Number two, worship. Be the manger and worship him as your Lord. Look what it says in Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. When the Magi had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. Everyone say, worshipped him. Say, worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Everyone say, gold. Say, frankincense. Say, myrrh. Gold was given to the king. He was the king of kings. Frankincense was given to the priest. He was our great high priest. Myrrh was given to embalm dead bodies. He was going to die for our sin. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Give yourself the freedom to worship God. It is one thing to have information in your head about God. It is one thing to have Bible knowledge. It's another thing to have the freedom and the permission to shout for joy and praise God with your whole being. Whenever we have worship, I look around the room and I watch people worship. And some people are just like, they're gone. They're in the presence of God and ain't nothing around that matters. And then other people are like, can't wait for this. They're waiting for something. You're not having an experience with God. There's, there's something holding you back. When you're the manger, you are providing opportunity for God to be worshipped. 
In a minute, we're going to worship God just for about 30 seconds. And the worship I'm talking about is that you are going to allow your voice, your praise, your clapping, your legs, your body to express thanks for what God has done in your life. Now, let me give you context. If you've ever seen someone get prayed for on TV, probably on TV, where someone prayed for somebody and they fell over, you're like, ah, that's weird. Okay, I get it. I, I used to think that too until it happened to me. Someone prayed for me. I, I was on the ground. Don't know how I got there. Now, I, I'm weighing 180 pounds. If I fell on the ground, there would be some kind of thud. I hit the ground like Charmin. I don't know how. And in the Bible, there's a story when Jesus was arrested that they said, we're looking for Jesus. And he said to the soldiers who arrested him, Roman soldiers, I am, which is one of his names that he gave Moses in the, in the burning bush, I am that I am. And when he said that, the, the soldiers fell over backwards. You're not hearing me. You're not hearing me. I want you to imagine these are the, the Roman soldiers at that time were the most advanced fighting soldiers on the planet. These are Navy SEALs, special forces. They came to arrest the Savior. And he, they said, we're looking for Jesus of Nazareth. And he says, I am him. And, and when he said that, they all fell back. What happened? I wasn't there. I'm just speculating. But here's my theory because I've seen it happen when other people got prayed for. That every cell in their body, tell me now, as my sister would say, tell me now, son, me son. <laughs> <laughs> that every cell in your body and your soul acknowledge the presence of a holy God. And every cell in your body does this. Because there's going to come a time. There's going to come a time. Now, now, when we kind of walk around, we just sing praise God, we're in our head. Well, praise the Lord, praise We're in our head. But when you stand before God, oh, ain't going to be any contemplation. It's going to be surrender. But we have to practice that. We have to acknowledge the presence of God and acknowledge his glory and majesty and give him the worship that he deserves. That's the manger. The end says, I got too, much, too many things to be worried about. The chaos of the world. I can't be singing to you. I can't be lifting my hands to you. But the manger says, no, I am surrendering so you can be worshiped to the degree that you deserve. So here's what we're going to do. Just for 30 seconds. I want to ask you, and you have acknowledged not only the presence of God, but the goodness of God in your life, what he has done for you. And we're going to shout, clap, stand, scream, whatever it is, for 30 seconds. Now, if you're the manger, God has complete permission to do what he wants through you. If you're the end, you're like, well, I may say a little bit, but I'm not giving him permission to my hands. I'm not giving permission to my legs. You guys don't move. I'm just going to say, yeah, yeah. I'm not giving permission to volume. Volume, you're on one. Yeah, praise the Lord. I love you. God's the man. That's not the manger. That's the end. You've given him a little closet. But if you're the manger, Lord, you have complete control, complete authority, complete Hands, do what you feel. Mouth, do what you feel. Eyes, legs, whatever you want. So for 30 seconds, I just want you to let go and be manger. Can I get an Amen. One, two, three. Come on, let's give God praise. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Jesus. 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 Come on. 
Amen. 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 You may be seated. Every single day when you get up in the morning, you can be the manger. Hey, you don't have to scream and shout every day. Well, you sure can sing praises to, you, to him in your car. You sure can sing praises to me in your house. You sure can play music, worship music in your house instead of whatever you're playing. I don't know what you're playing. Don't judge it. I'm not saying it's bad, but you can intermix. God, the, the more you worship and enter into the presence of God, the more he is going to transform who you are. And again, you can have information in your head, but if you don't have a sense of the presence of God, your worship is not going to be as powerful. Number three, number three, be the manger and walk with him as your God. Jesus, it was prophesied that Jesus was coming. He's coming. And so after all the prophecies for a couple thousand years, here Jesus is, he's arrived just as it was prophesied. And the manger missed, I mean, the end missed the story. It missed the whole point. I knocked, Mary's here to have the baby Jesus. And I don't know anything about what God said in the past, but that ain't happening in my life. Okay, well, I'm going to go over here then. Here's my point. God is, said he was going to come, he came. Said he was going to perform miracles, he did. Said he was going to become a man, he did. And then he said he's coming back. So you could either get with the program and acknowledge that God has a plan for your life that he wants to implement, or you could say, no, I don't want God's plan in my life. I want to walk in the path that God has me walk in personally. And I'm praying every day, God, what do you want me to do in this next year? What do you want me to do in the next season? And God is doing some crazy stuff that in my life, to bring changes in my life, I'm telling you, you want to walk in the prophetic purpose of your individual lives because every single one of you have a, have a book that God wrote about you in. Read Psalm 139. God has plans for your life that he formed and shaped before you were born. You want to walk in that. But if you're at the end, you got your own plans. You don't have time for God's prophetic verse on your life. I want God's prophetic plan in your life to be fulfilled. I want God's prophetic voice in my life to be fulfilled. Because if you do that, you will be most, most fulfilled. Let me read what the Bible says in the Old Testament about Jesus being born as a virgin. Matthew, Micah 5.2. Uh, but you, O Bethlehem, you are, you, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth me, the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from old, from everlasting. Isaiah 7, 14, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. My point is this, Jesus said he was coming and he came. He said he was going to live 33 years and minister and heal, raise the dead and heal people. And he did. He said he was going to die, and he did. He said he was going to rise from the dead, and he did. He said he was going to send it to heaven, and he did. And he said he's coming back. That, it's already, it's already, he already told us this is what's going to happen. And so you either want to get with my program or you're going to be against me. You're either for me or against me. 
And he said, one day every tongue will confess, every knee will bow, every human tongue, every animal tongue. We have coyotes in my neighborhood, and pretty much every two days, they're eating something. And we hear them howling all the time, walking. They, they come out in the middle of the day and walk down the street, middle of my block, and we'll just, what? They'll look at us like that. Their tongue will confess. Not in English, but every creature, all creation will declare the glory of the king. And the question is, are you the end that says, I don't want to be part of that plan? Well, there's two sides of the coin. The coin is those with God and then those against God. And if you're against God, you can't win that fight. Can't win that fight. What you're saying, I don't have a choice? No, you have a choice. You could either be on God's side or you could be against God. One wins, one loses. I don't want you to lose. I don't want you to live a life that's subpar to what God could bless you. But you have to be the manger. And to be the manger is to say, Lord, I receive you into my life. In a minute we're going to pray. And you're going to have an opportunity to receive the salvation, the love of God in your life. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that the penalty of sin is death. Death is separation from God. But if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. If you be the manger, say, I receive you, birth your plan in my life. Just as Jesus was birthed in the manger, birth your plan in my life. Give me new vision for me. Give me new clarity for me. Give me new courage for me. That's what he wants to do. That's why we do all this. So you can know that and walk in it. That's why we do all this. It's just for you. The church is the only institution created for the benefit of the people not in it. Oh, come on. I'm going to say it again. The church was made for people who aren't in the church. Now, sometimes the people in the church think it's for them. No, it's for them. And so if you're like, well, I'm not here for the, I'm here the first time and you know, I, just, I just got high this morning. Great. I got a better high for you. And if you've been high, I've been high. I spent eight years getting high, so I know what high is. I got a better high for you. This high, I don't have any hangovers. It don't cost you nothing. It don't cost you anything. Double negative, my bad. It don't cost you anything. But you have to receive. He's not going to force himself on you. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray. Give you an opportunity to ask Christ to be your Savior. That you would be the manger. And then we're going to call you down and you're going to receive the light of the world. Jesus, and then we're going to light a candle, and that light's going to go through all this room. Come on now. Come on now. So let's all bow our heads and close our eyes.